Let's pray. Oh God, you grant us both new beginnings and constant growth. You know the struggles of our lives. Nurture our souls so that we may be fertile ground for your wisdom and love to spring forth in our lives. Dwell within us so that we may have the strength of purpose to live out your calling this day and every day. Now let the words of your scripture and the teaching of your son Jesus be a light to our path and a lamp to our feet. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Today's scripture reading is from the 14th chapter of Luke. Now earlier in this uh, chapter, Jesus had told a parable about guests being invited to a banquet but making all kinds of excuses so that then the persistent host recruits people who are poor, crippled, blind, or lame, as well as people from the countryside's roads and lanes. That parable is followed by this gospel text, which should come with a warning. While there are texts that comfort the disturbed, this one disturbs the comfortable. Listen now for God's word for us in the 14th chapter of Luke, starting at the 25th verse. Now, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or, what king going out to war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation to ask for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. To become a member of this church, or almost any church, is easy. You just tell the pastor or one of the officers, like Johnny or Sharon or Jimmy, so on. You tell one of the officers that you're interested, and then you meet with the session. We ask you a couple of basic questions. Who is your Lord and Savior? Or do you promise to be a faithful member of the church? And then we have a vote, and bang, you are in. We present you to the congregation. Joining a church is pretty easy. But being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus Christ, that's not so easy. In the verses we read from Luke's gospel, Jesus tells us just how high the cost of discipleship is. You have to, one, hate your family. Two, 
carry your cross, and three, give up your possessions. Now wait just a minute. He said what? Let's think about this. Do you reckon, you reckon he, maybe he was misquoted? Could it be maybe that Luke got things mixed up on this one? Could this be a case of fake gospel news? <laughs> no. Here in Luke 14, Jesus is talking to a loud crowd, a large crowd of enthusiastic would-be followers, wannabe disciples. But just listen to what he said to the 12 original disciples back in 10th chapter of Matthew. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And then Jesus said, those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. So yes, he meant it. But what did he mean by these three sayings and the twin parables that come along with them? One, hate your family. Well, you know, caring for family and getting along with family. These are themes and values that are, are often affirmed both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But they are values that can get in the way of our living lives pleasing to God. They can kind of be a cover for self-centeredness. You know, the kind of self-centeredness that cares for me and mine and nobody else. Paul and Sarah like the movie where the, one of the candidates for president says, God bless the USA and no place else. Some people have that idea about me and mine and that's all. Ignoring the great needs of others. I don't believe Jesus is commanding us to literally hate our family in the sense of that hot and angry emotion that inflames us, inflames our speech and sometimes our actions when somebody's hurt us somehow or horribly offended us. It's not the I hate you emotion. It's a matter of what comes first in your life. Me and mine, our love of God who did command us you shall have no other gods before me. Ten Commandments. Second one is carry a cross. And we hear people speak of annoying, some annoying relative or a pesky neighbor or some ailment as my cross to bear. But Jesus is not just urging us to be patient with life's little annoyances. He's given us fair warning that being his disciple, being his follower, comes with a cost, a high cost, that we should not underestimate. And the third one was give up all your possessions. All of them? Say what? Well, surely, surely there's some other scripture that speaks to this. You know, we need to check this out. This could be one off. Well, there is. In the 10th chapter of Mark's gospel, we read that as he was setting out on a journey. A man ran up to Jesus and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, Jesus asked him if he's kind of familiar with the Ten Commandments. And this fellow said, Oh, yes, teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth on up. And looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said, One thing you lack. 
Well, I like the way the King James puts it. One thing dost thou lack. Go and sell all your possessions and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But at these words, the young man was saddened and he went away grieving, grieving. For he was one who owned much property. You see, these are commandments from Jesus. Hate your family, carry your cross, and give up your stuff, your possessions. There's no wiggle room. There's no waffling. There's no ambiguity. They're not suggestions. They're not things that would-be followers of Jesus could do for extra credit, you know, to improve your grade somehow. <laughs> for six, six years, I, you know, I was on a committee that had very specific rules and guidelines for the people we were working with who wanted to become ministers, be ordained. But over and over and over, the people who were supposed to follow all these rules and guidelines would ask and sometimes demand an exception, an exemption. You see, they felt they were, surely I'm a special case. This doesn't apply to me. But Jesus isn't kidding. He's not fun and he means it. Discipleship comes at a cost, and the cost is high, so you better think about this. And then he uses two images as cautions. First, which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation not able to finish, all who see or ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and wasn't able to finish. When I was a little boy and my family drove up from South Georgia to visit our way up north, our middle Georgia family, we often passed the end of what was called Cornfield Road. You see, they started building this highway and they ran out of money. And you may not have ever heard of this, but sometimes the legislature can't decide how to spend money or do a budget, and that's what happened there. They ran out of money. Now, that's a big interstate zoomed right over, but we remember Cornfield Road. But don't you go looking down on my home state of Georgia, because North Carolina's got its own road just like that, or very much like it. In Swain County near Bryson City, it's called the Road to Nowhere. It's marked with a sign that says, Welcome to the Road to Nowhere. A broken promise, 1943 until, it's You see, it was supposed to make up for displacing people when Alcoa built that Fontana Dam. But it was never completed. Now, in their case, they had the money, but there was an unexpected environmental problem that would have caused acidic runoff. Somebody noticed that the stone that had been uncovered when the snow fell, the flakes melted on that stone much quicker than elsewhere, and it smelled of sulfur. And they realized that if they continued with that road, they would pollute the creeks around there that flow into the Great Smoky Mountain National Park and elsewhere, Nantahala River. So instead, they end up giving the county $52 million, and I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> That's another story. 
The other image that Jesus described is the decision to go to war. What king? Out to wage war against another king would sit down. Who wouldn't sit down first and, and decide, now I got 10,000, they got 20,000, how do you think that's going to work out? <laughs> They'd send a delegation, right? Well, if you read much history, you'll find numerous examples of leaders vastly overestimating their own strength and vastly underestimating the strength of their opponent and suffering greatly from the consequences of their actions. If you read much about the Civil War, you wonder, why did they ever decide to go do this, you know? Or you read about some of our more recent wars, you know, where they said, oh, they're going to welcome us off in arms and, and they'll even pay for the whole thing. That's what we were told about. Some of those. Well, Jesus has warned us. Being his disciple, truly and faithfully following Jesus is a costly decision. But as I said, God already said that in the Ten Commandments, saying, no other gods before me. So here's my question. Are you prepared to make that kind of commitment? Or are you all in? Or are you on the road to nowhere? Thanks be to God. Beloved, Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, let us press on toward the goal of being disciples of Jesus Christ. Now may the grace of God the Father bless you with peace. May the love of Jesus Christ sustain you in joy. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with hope and gratitude this day and forevermore.